The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. In a city plagued by rain for the whole entire summer, one Edmonton festival was spared. The Edmonton Heritage Festival, I think they had good weather all three days. Yeah, except, you know, just little pockets here and there and then later into the evening. But for the most part, they are officially the first festival in Edmonton this summer to make it through clear and dry and sunny. And quite frankly, it was one of the most beautiful weekends we've had in the city this year. So we called on Jim Gibbon, the executive director of the Heritage Festival, to chat the success, the good weather and uh, the future of the festival. Hi, Jim. How are you? I am exhausted. How are you? <laughs> what was the first thing you did once the festival wrapped? Was it a power nap? No, you know what? At the end, we have to close everything down. And, uh, you know, and then we had a bit of a, we had this strange storm that waited for three full days and hit at 8.15. So we had to get a bunch of tents down. So we were there pretty much all night. Oh, my goodness. Jim, I mean, uh, a lot of people are calling this a, a banner year for the Heritage Festival. Is it exactly that? Oh, I would have to say so. I mean, uh, you know, the most countries and cultures we've ever had, we had 360,000 people, which is close to the biggest we've ever done. Um, everyone had a great time. You know, it, was, it just went over really, really well. I was very proud. One of the big payoffs for the festival, one of the partners, is the food bank. And as we all know, the, the food bank has been struggling for years, and, and that's just where it's at right now. But with 360,000 people making their way down to Horlack Park throughout the long weekend, they must have uh, reaped some of the benefits as well. You know, I haven't seen the numbers yet, but I would guess it would be way up over the last couple of years. People were really bringing down a lot of food. Every time I went by the buses, they were just dropping it off in droves. Take us through the uh, the work behind the success of such a popular festival. I mean, these are this is not a small amount of people flooding into Horlack Park for your festival. No, I mean, that's true. We have, um, it's an all-year setup and all-year preparation, and um, it actually starts hardcore on site about three and a half, four weeks out. It takes us about three weeks to set up all the tents, uh, toilets, drainage units, power units, um, there's water lines in all of the kitchens, um, all of the cultural tents, all of the ticket booths, everything. It's, it's an astonishing amount of work. Jim, how did those new tents go this year, uh, bringing in Palestine? And there was also an American tent, you know, Nashville serving up some some country goods. Uh, how did people react to uh, to the new additions? Oh, they love them. They they always love the new ones. Um, everyone asks about the new ones. So Nashville did really really well. Palestine took first place in, I think, uh, arts. I think they won first place in uh, entertainment. Um, we had Mali and Guinea there that did amazingly well. Uh, the Caribbean tent was wonderful. They had that little Caribbean market. And, uh, oh, sorry, I'm just being corrected here. <laughs> Palestinians went first in food. And, um, you know, the Nashville one was just a smashing success. And then we had our little Viking village. The Viking reenactors behind the Scandinavian tent were hilarious and a lot of fun to watch. And, um, oh, you know what else is crazy this year that was wonderful? Liberia. It's, a, you know, a very small community here in Edmonton. And they took best food at the festival for the second time in a row. Huh. They were wonderful. I'm sorry, back to it. I'm going through the list here quickly. You're right. I was right. For, I'm sorry, Palestine did win entertainment. Uh, you know, I'm tired. We haven't slept in four days. That is totally fine. What was, what was <laughs> your favorite dish that you tried while at the festival? 
Um, you know what? I tasted for the first time in a long time. I forced myself to taste a lot of the food. There wasn't one bad one. I will have to say that when I went to Liberia, they had their uh, pepper stew. Oh, my goodness. I can see why they won with that one. It was pretty amazing. Pepper stew. Huh. Yeah, never oh, heard of that. Delicious. It All right. was delicious. So we have to, I mean, we have to ask now because as, as we get closer to the uh, revitalization of Horlack Park, you guys are, uh, you're on the hunt for a new landing spot in the next few years, aren't you? Well, yes. I mean, nothing is formalized yet. We're still not absolutely sure they're even going to close down in 2022, but the work has already begun. And we know we're there for 2020 and 2021, absolutely for sure. So, you know, a lot of people are thinking it's happening right away. We have three years and we are, you know, we're already looking at some new sites. The city's already looking at some new sites and, you know, it's it's getting so successful. Maybe we, you know, if we find a nice, clean place to go, it's easier for people to get to. We could probably keep growing. Could you take us into some of the sites, the site options that are potentially on the table? Well, we have a committee looking at it right now, and, and the committee's doing an amazing job of covering a lot of spaces. Um, so, you know, the committee's, the committee has a whole bunch they put together. My personal one, so I don't want to override the board, I'm just saying my personal one is certainly Blatchford because it's pretty central to downtown. It's got a great big 58-acre park in there that they're planning. You know, the it's right off the Yellowhead. It's got... Um, access to the LRT. It just seems to be, and it's, you know, it's size, it's the issue and access, and it seems to have both. Jim, whether it's Blatchford or not, um, you know, we can remember the conversation last year about storage accessibility. Is that another key factor in where you wind up post-2021 or 2022? You know, I, I would assume so. There's so many factors, right? You you have to make sure not only that you have someplace to hold a festival, but someplace to keep all your stuff. And we have we put up uh, 194 full-size tents this year and about 25 smaller tents, so that stuff all has to be stored somewhere. When you think about moving to, to a new space, does that, does that make you and other organizers feel a little bit overwhelmed that you, you may have to start from scratch in, in some aspects? No, actually, it would be, I think it'd be really wonderful because, um, you know, if you could find a nice green space with some trees and, and you could redesign it from the ground up, I think you could, you know, with having run it for a while, you you know where the issues are and you could make sure that those issues aren't in the new site. So it's actually kind of exciting. Jim, with most festivals, we often hear whether it's Folk Fest or, or Fringe Festival, you know, the day the festival ends, you start planning for the following year. What can we expect going forward? I mean, obviously, the addition of new tents. Uh, what else can you let us know about? Well, we're we're looking at a um, natural amphitheater outside. We're going to try to build for next year to try to make sure we have a space where we can have, say, one show from each of the countries at a central stage that's available outside. That would be my my first choice. We're going to try to improve the drainage for sure because uh, drainage for cleaning water is always a difficulty. Um, we're looking at more and more online ticket sales for sure. People get those in advance, so they just come down and pick them up, skip the line. Um, the online ticket sales worked so well this year, and the people that got there early got them really, really fast, and that was a huge advantage for us to get people through the lines quickly. The big thing for us is trying to keep people from waiting in line. I've heard that the online ticket sales from people that I know that have went to the festival, they said that they said that they couldn't believe the ease. Are, are you are you also hearing uh, good things from from the vendors talking about things just getting better and better and easier for them as well? 
Well, I hope so. I think, you know, the vendors are always exhausted because we keep bringing in more and more people. So, you know, it's a long weekend for most of them. But I do think easy is the issue because we just, you know what else I have to say was easy this year? Again, I have to say um, that the Edmonton Transit did an amazing job. The way they get people in and out of there is remarkable. And every year they're redesigning the routes to try to make it easier and faster. And with that road bridge down, ETS has actually made it faster and easier to get in. The last two years with Grove Road Bridgetown has actually been the least traffic I've ever seen, and that's all because of ETS. Oh, and, and Edmonton Police, because they've been managing the kiss and drop so well, that kiss and drop is just flying people through there. Like, it's so easy to get in now. It's amazing. Jim Gibbon, the Executive Director of Heritage Festival, thank you so much for taking time to chat with us, and we hope you enjoy a well-deserved rest following your very successful event. Oh, thank you so much.